everyone, and welcome to my podcast. Uh, we are doing something a little different today as we are just a few days away from Valentine's. And we're in a mini series here on my podcast because I posted on my Instagram and asked you guys, what do you want to hear about? And you guys gave some awesome uh, questions and different thoughts. And so I've been working through those uh, the last few weeks. It's been so fun. And hey, if you're new here and you've never been a part of my podcast, what is up? I'm so glad you're here. I've been waiting for you to show up. So glad you finally came to the party. Uh, Hit the subscribe button so you never miss out on anything. And to all the amazing people that listen all the time, my mom, uh, shout out to my mom, shout out to all my friends. Uh, Glad you're here. Love hanging out with you. Uh, But hey, uh, so I posted on Instagram the other day about what do you guys want to hear about? And one of my friends, uh, his name is Frankie. Frankie, I love you. And he's got an Instagram account called the Divorce Recovery Coach. Divorce Recovery Coach. And Frankie is doing an incredible job just helping people um, navigate through that hard season. And he asked the question of how a godly wife uh, practically serves her husband and vice versa. And so we're going to talk about that t- uh, today on my podcast. Like I said, it's something a little different as we're heading into Valentine's. And I will just say, you know, I am um, first generation Christian in my family. And so uh, watching a husband and wife serve each other wasn't uh, something that I had modeled for me. Um, whenever I got with Brian and I saw his parents and the way his mom loved his dad was so inspiring to me. And just watching a healthy dynamic uh, was so good for me. And I think through the journey over the last, uh, Brian and I will have been married for 21 years, 22 years, 22 years this year. And so, which is a lot. And so it's a long time, a lot of space and time for me to learn a lot of things. But when I came into the relationship, I didn't realize how much I had carried my past baggage with me of how I had watched Um, my father, my biological father was abusive in our home. And so I didn't realize how much that changed the way that I interacted with Brian. And so a few things that just kill relationships across the board is I would say number one is ignoring unresolved past trauma. And I, I didn't realize how much my past trauma had kept me from coming in and honestly, not wanting to serve him because in the home that I grew up in with an abusive father, whenever you uh, show weakness, it makes you vulnerable for attack. And so you live your entire life needing nothing and showing no weakness. So you don't want to express need and you don't want to show that you're weak. And so ways that you show that you're weak is admitting failure um, to express that needs around something. So like I would never ask Brian for something because I didn't want to seem that I wasn't self-sufficient. I wanted to seem that I had it all together. I didn't need him. He was just an accessory to my life. And ignoring that unresolved past trauma, um, I didn't realize how much it hurt our relationship. And I would just encourage whoever's listening to this, like if, if you're struggling with serving your spouse, it's because when you take the position of a servant is you're taking the lowest role. And so you are going in thinking about their needs. You're thinking about their desires. And when you're in that self-sufficiency mode, all you have is enough is for yourself. And so for me, the hardest things to say whenever I was 
unable to recognize past trauma. And because of that, it was driving every decision I made with him is I was unable to say, I'm sorry. I was unable to admit when I was wrong. I was unable to say, forgive me. I was unable to say, I need help. And if you find yourself in that kind of cycle, it's because you are living your life as your own defense. And without knowing it, you're bringing that past trauma into the relationship. And I know for myself, uh, so many years, I projected uh, the abuse that my father had given to me. I was projecting that onto Brian, even though he had never treated me like that. And so before you can serve your spouse, like serving takes vulnerability and just that position of coming in as a servant, like I'm here for you, takes vulnerability and you can't be vulnerable if you're coming in with walls up to try not to be hurt. And number two, uh, things that kill relationships is not paying attention to belief systems and values. I didn't realize that I had a value of being self-sufficient. I didn't realize that I had a value of um, being guarded. I didn't realize that I had a value of no one's ever going to hurt me again. Um, And because I had that value, I never allowed myself to be fully seen and fully known by Brian. And so I would encourage you like to really look inward. Like I don't have, I'm thankful that I don't have a belief system now that I'm self-sufficient. I can do it all. Like, I don't need you. Like, that's not a core value of mine. I'm actually like the opposite. I'm like, I can't do this without you. Like, I actually need help. I need uh, people in my life. Uh, But for so many years, I prided myself, honestly, of not needing anyone. Even whenever I was 16, I saved up my own money, bought my own car. Like, I've never needed anybody. Like, I can do this on my own. Like, I don't need anything from anyone. I'm not looking for a handout. I've got this. And what's sad is that really kept me um, from coming into the relationship with a true servant's heart. Because to serve somebody, it's got to be two-way. i got to be willing to receive, right? But i also got to be willing to give. Um, Number three, an inability to express and regulate my feelings. Um, for so long, I didn't even know what I was feeling. Uh, I was, I had all these things on the inside of myself, and I didn't know how to express them. And in doing so, I couldn't articulate why it was so hard. And so without being able to express those feelings, there was these blocks. And so he felt like I was just being prideful, that I couldn't admit that I was sorry. And I didn't even know how to articulate what was on the inside of me, why that was so hard. And saying I'm sorry admitted weakness, and it made myself, I felt, vulnerable for attack. But it was until I was able to express and then now regulate those feelings. So when I feel those things, because I still feel those things, uh, no matter what I do, that is still going to come up on the inside of me, those feelings of... um, vulnerability, fear of exposing too much, like those things are still going to come up. But I love what Joyce Meyer says is that whenever um, getting better doesn't mean that we no longer have those negative thoughts or feelings anymore. It's just our bounce back is quicker. So we're used to, I would feel that and it would determine my actions for days, sometimes weeks, if I'm being honest. Um, Now I can feel that and I'm able to bounce back quickly. Um, The next thing is uh, a be a little more like me mentality. And I was so guilty of this. I remember um, I felt like I was making Brian into my image and likeness. I'm like, dude, I want him to pray like me. I want him to serve God like me. I want him to 
be relationally like me. I want him to serve like me. I want him to everything like me. And one day the Lord literally told me, he's like, Brian's either on your potter's wheel or he's on mine. And if he's on yours, he's never going to be made into what I called him to be. Like, let him be on my potter's wheel because I know like what he's called to be. I'm going to make him into my image and likeness, not like yours. And I see a lot of relationships, a lot of marriages fail because they have this mentality. They don't come in of how can I serve you? They come in with that attitude of how can you be more like me? And I think when we live like that, it's so hard. And now I have to remind myself sometimes daily because Brian and I, like our whole life is melted together. Like we raise kids together. We pastor a church together. We work together. We are husband and wife together. We run a household. And honestly, if we're going to have a fight, it's going to be about the church or work. <laughs> it's not going to be about our life. Our life is easy. Um, finances and all that, that's a cakewalk. It's all the other stuff that's hard. Uh, but truthfully, the more I've let Brian be Brian and Crystal be Crystal, the better our marriage has been. And so for me, it's reminding myself that his, um, the role of me being a servant to him is never going to happen when I have the mentality of just be a little more like me. And so I would just encourage every wife listening to this that there's only one Holy Spirit and it's not you. And so resign from being Holy Ghost Junior to your husband. Let him be who God's called him to be. And if God isn't dealing with him about it, then it's probably because God's not ready to change that in him. And maybe instead of you like nagging him into perfection, um, pray about it and allow God to do the work. I remember one time we were laying in bed together and I was like so frustrated at Brian about so many things. And I was like, hey, is God saying anything to you? And he was like, no. And I was like, is there anything he's been convicting you of lately? And he was like, no. And he's like, Crystal, are you trying to say something? And I was like, yeah, I've got a whole list of things like, <laughs> which is so sad that I felt that way. But if a lot of married people got honest, that attitude is what's actually robbing your marriage of so much joy. And if you just gave your spouse like permission to be themselves, then it's going to free you up too. And you're never going to be able to serve them if they feel that. And truly, when somebody's just trying to change you all the time, you can feel it. Like you can feel it every time you're in the room. And it doesn't bring intimacy. It doesn't bring connection. Um, they, you can tell that they're annoyed with you. And I don't want to be that kind of person, right? And then the, the last thing is lack of self-awareness and accountability. And I think for a lot of us, we're honestly, we're just not even self-aware. And there's nobody that can bring accountability um, into our lives. And I remember whenever I first got married, uh, there was a lady, her name's Lynette King. Um, her husband is a trustee for our church, uh, Chuck King. And she took me out to, to dinner. And here I was, this young girl, just got, getting home from my honeymoon. And just like so excited to be married. And she told me at that dinner, she's like, I just wanted to just take a moment with you and just encourage you. Like being married is a death march. And I was like, what? <laughs> but her words have rung in my head over the last 21 years. And being married really is a death march. It's dying to my wants, my desires, and allowing for what's best for each other 
to be what flourishes. And and what I'm saying in this, it's, it's bringing self-awareness around where I've been selfish, where I've put my needs above others, where I've fought to be right and to be heard instead of uh, being in love. I remember Brian said years ago in one of his uh, messages on relationships, he said, you can either be right or be in love, but you can't have both. And I thought, man, I it brought this moment of self-awareness that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm more passionate about being right than I am about being in love. And if I got more passionate about being in love, then I'd be okay with not being right. And so many times I see marriages where they lack self-awareness and accountability. And again, like going back to the last one, if all you're doing is thinking about what's wrong with them and you're not focused on accountability of God, make me into the best wife. God, make me into who you want me to be. Lord, show me how I can be better. And I'll just encourage women. I really do think that we set the atmosphere. We set the tone in our home. And so for me, I, I want to be a person that sets the tone of peace. And so f- practically, uh, to answer Frankie's uh, question of what does it look like practically um, to serve your spouse, I think it just starts with Holy Spirit, just convict me. Like, uh, God, show me what my husband needs. Show me how to be his best encourager. Uh, show me how to serve him practically, no matter whether it's small things around the house. But let me never uh, just go into my house and just be like, okay, it's all about me, right? But how can I make sure that he feels loved, he feels honored? And keeping in mind that a husband's main need is to feel honored and respected in his home. Like that, I always speak words that are uplifting. I love in Proverbs 31, it says that, her husband is spoken well of at the city gates. And I love that because I think we live in a culture where people are tearing their husbands down at the city gates. Like we're mocking our spouse on social media or mocking them, you know, with our friends or whatever it is. I don't want to speak ill of him at the city gates. I always want my husband to have a good reputation at the city gates. I want to speak well of him. I want to take opportunities that he knows that he's loved, he's honored, and that he's adored in our house. And my hope is, is that no matter what he's faced, you know, no matter what meetings he's walked out of, no matter what he's um, going through, that he knows that in his house and with me, that he's left and that I'm the loudest voice uh, cheering him on. And so I hope uh, you got something out of this. Uh, if you're listening, happy Valentine's and I uh, hope that helps you serve your spouse better. hope you got so much out of today's content. Can you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button so you never miss out on any new content here on my podcast? Also, one of the best ways for people to find my podcast is by you. If you will, share this podcast on your social media or maybe text it to a friend and help me get the word out so we can help others. Also, everything you need to know about today's podcast will be available down in the show notes. I also have a link for you to stay subscribed to my emails so you never miss out on anything that I have going on. So, hey, thank you so much for being here and let's do something awesome for God this week.